folks. Welcome to Paths to Restoration, the podcast about spiritual restoration from digital formation. I'm Ed Szeski, and I'm the author of Reconnect, Spiritual Restoration from Digital Distraction. And I'm here to talk to you today in a, a solo episode about a few things. Um, one is we're going to wrap up some of our thoughts about mourning with those who mourn, kind of taking also like a digital uh, spin on that. And then the other thing is I want to just give a quick update about you know, my thoughts about social media. And I did my 30-day fast uh, a la Cal Newport's style where you just disappear for 30 days. Um, I was actually disappeared for a little longer than that. But I did, I did uh, jump back on just to say, you know, just to see what people had messaged me. They replied to a few things. Um, but yeah, the, the sense I got was I'm going to try doing about 10 minutes a month instead of doing 10 minutes a day, 10 minutes a month. And so I have my little tracking, you know, program still. I still have, um, uh, it's called Stay Focused. Uh, and it's a, uh, a website where you could enter in certain websites. Or it's a it's a it's a Chrome extension that you add on certain websites to it, to to a list, and it just basically limits you to ten minutes total on those sites. So I'm going to give that a shot and see how that goes. And uh, you know, I I feel like every time I put a barrier <laughs> around social media, it's like it's made to be broken, or is you know it's hard to stick with it. But I feel like something as stringent as this, uh, maybe. That would be a better balance for me. You know, I still have the opportunity to get on and reply to messages from people. I, I would really love to find a way to access just like the community groups on Facebook for our, our area uh, when things start to open up again. There's more activities to keep track of. I feel like that's a major way to, you know, keep track of stuff in my my community. So I, I'm not eager to completely delete everything, but I I do feel like I've gained a lot of sanity and a lot of time by getting off of social media, there's still that, that kind of tick I have when, you know, I'm tired or I'm stressed or I'm just kind of worn down from work. And I just want to, uh, you know, have something entertaining or distracting or kind of fun. And I definitely feel that pull. And then I could feel that being indulgent. So that's where we're at right now. Um, I'm going to give that a shot. It's just doing 10 minutes a month. And if I make any like major changes there, I'll you know, let you all know. But I mean, that's that's part of this is that it's, you know, paths to restoration. It's not like one path. Uh, it's different ways, different things we try to make, to restore ourselves. And, you know, I, what is restorative for me may not be restorative for you. The boundaries that I may need, you don't need. So, you know, I share all that non-judgmentally and I've, I've evolved and changed and tried different things and, and certain things have helped more than others at different seasons of my life. So uh, th this is more just an encouragement to you to experiment, to see like, Hey, like, you know, if, if maybe the social media stuff is taking away more than it gives, uh, what would it be like to try a life without it for 30 days? And, and then how can you do a reset to, uh, you know, find a better, a better spot for it in your life? Uh, so this week I'm going to wrap up the series about, uh, you know, mourning with those who mourn, uh, or empathy for those, for others, uh, you know, and that's one of those things that I feel like kind of goes out the window when you're on social media. <laughs> it's just, it's just easy. It's easy to go tribal and to see different groups to be very black and white, very binary. Uh, you know, it's, it's easy to almost get into like a, a fundamentalism, you know, even over like progressive things, we can get very uh, fundamentalist about it and, and lose sense of, of nuance or different situations where 
uh, you know, people have to make difficult choices and, and, you know, there's, there's complexity, uh, to things, or maybe we just don't know as much as we think we do. And it takes an expert to kind of say, Hey, you know what, like the, the thing that you think is kind of the ide ideological purity is not actually, you know, it's kind of misguided. So anyway, that, that all is, you know, what we're facing today right now with, with social media, I feel like it's amplified so much more, so much harder to mourn with those who mourn because it's easy just to set people up in the different us versus them camps. And, um, you know, we definitely saw that, uh, you know, there's been a couple of different controversies, mostly centered around, around race. Uh, you know, there's this book, uh, that came out, uh, pretty recently. It's called the rhythm of prayer and it's edited by Sarah Bessie. And, uh, there's, there'd been a, uh, pastor, a white pastor had read, uh, one of the prayers, or at least he heard about one of the prayers, and it's the prayer of a weary black woman by uh, Dr. Uh, Chinaqua Walker Barnes. And, you know, I've, I have, you know, followed her writing a little bit, you know, I've, I don't feel like I, I know her great, but I am definitely aware of her. And I don't feel like she's a inflammatory, divisive, uh, anti-biblical figure <laughs> by any means. Uh, but she wrote, uh, you know, her, her prayer is, it's jarring. It's, it's written like an imprecatory psalm. And it starts out with some hard lines for, you know, for white people to read. Uh, but, you know, it goes on to a much fuller, richer, you know, vision of, of, you know, healing. And, and uh, it's not, it doesn't like, it's not like a, a static <laughs> prayer, but it's a, it's an honest acknowledgement about her anger toward white people. Um, and kind of, so ironically, you know, the reaction of a white person who finds out that a, a black person's angry is to, uh, feel attacked and to, you know, basically, you know, create memes based on it. And it becomes this huge issue of harassment then online. And I was just thinking about this, you know, this is like kind of an extreme situation, right? Um, I don't think most of us are going to that extreme where we're like making memes to mock um, someone's pain, uh, someone's experience. We're not, you know, harassing people. But I do think it's easy to get on the defensive on social media to, you, know, you see something and, you know, it's, it's a very reactive medium, right? And so, you know, there isn't really a lot of time taken to stop and say, well, wait a minute, you know, what does the rest of the prayer say? Wait a minute. Uh, what was the, the experience, the story behind this? And, and Dr. Walker Barnes actually has, you know, some of the background uh, behind her prayer and her anger in that moment. And it's, it's jarring, you know, it's, it's something that, um, you know, it, it helps you understand where she's coming from. And, you know, I, I just thought that there's really a tragedy in that whole situation where, you know, a pastor who, even if he honestly believed she was wrong, he could have, you know, reached out and, and had her, um, encourage her to, to repent. You know what I mean? Like he, he, he didn't have to, to mock her and attack her. Um, you know, and, and right now we also have the, the, the sentencing of, or not sentencing, the, the verdict of Derek Chauvin, the uh, former police officer in Minneapolis. Uh, and, and once again, you know, as, as a white person, I, I need to listen and mourn with, uh, especially the black community right now, who feels like, you know, so who has felt so often like they just can't win. And uh, if they feel like they're just so, um, 
at least feared, if not you know, hated by so many police officers uh, because of how they're treated day in, day out, you know, and I, I am not privy to that, you know, and, um, you know, I, I have to, you know, that's not my experience. And so I have to enter into their stories to, to mourn with them and to, to seek to understand and to be present for their pain. And, you know, it's, it's easy just to lose touch with the fact that, you know, the people that we see on social media are, you know, they're, they're, they're neighbors, they're, you know, they're family members, you know, they, they, they're parts of communities and, uh, you know, we're all just, you know, so, so complex and, you know, there's, there's so much beauty in God's creation. And yet we lose sight of that. I think on social media, when we kind of get divided into these different camps and, you know, it's, I, I've seen already kind of the attempts to kind of cast the whole Chauvin situation as a jury being afraid of the angry protesters, the angry black people, right? It's, it kind of goes right back to the, the racist tropes of like, well, it's just the angry black people that are the problem. Um, and that's, that's just an easy out. It's an easy way to avoid mourning with people to say, well, they're angry. They're not, you know, they're not doing something right, you know? And, and, and that's probably like where all this is coming from with, with Dr. Walker Barnes and, um, with the, you know, the, the crowds who, you know, were genuinely worried about how is this jury going to rule? Um, you know, there was a, there was just a lot of exhaustion and weariness and, and sadness and just like, here we go again. Um, you know, and white people need to enter into that pain to mourn with them and to not think about, well, this is uncomfortable for me. This isn't how I would like them to respond to this, this violence. Uh, this is not how I'd like them to respond to these words, these, these harmful words that they've heard. Um, it's not for us to, to regulate that. And so that's, you know, it, it's, it's easy to be discipled by uh, the tribalism of today, to be discipled by social media, to be discipled by, you know, the ways you get attention and affirmation from the people who look like you and sound like you and who, you know, support the same things as you. Uh, and, and yet the way of Jesus calls us to, to mourn with those who mourn regardless, to enter into their story, to hear them. Um, you know, I've, I've, I'm talking with uh, an author right now who is, you know, sharing his story and it's, you know, it's a controversial topic, but he's, he's trying to engage people just about this, the story, his own story, his own experience and say, Hey, can you, can you just listen to what I've experienced. And I'm not asking you to change your mind, but I am asking you to be present and to listen, uh, you know, to mourn with those who mourn. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily require that, um, you know, a whole wholesale change. I think we fear, I think we fear that if we are vulnerable, if we are aware of the pain of others, that we might have to make changes and it might, might be costly, it might, you know, change, you know, who we hang out with or the people, who, you know, the values of the people around us. If we don't, uh, kind of keep in lockstep with them. We like lose our place with them. And that's kind of, you know, where we have a lot of trouble, but you know, that's the way that Jesus is calling us to be vulnerable, to enter into the pain of others and to be present. So thanks so much for listening today. I appreciate you dropping by and, uh, we'll be back in May with the new theme, some new episodes. And uh, if you if you want to sign up for my newsletter, I'll be sending those out on a, on a 
probably like a bi-weekly basis for the most part. That's at www.edszeski.com. Thanks so much for listening.